This is the podcast from the international research platform SIM, with reports and interviews from across the world on the role music can play in social and community programs. I am Lucas Perron. In this podcast episode, I talk with Samuel Araujo about research on the role music can have in social and community projects in Brazil. Samuel Araujo is a PhD in musicology from the University of Illinois. He's professor of ethnomusicology at the Federal University of Rio de Janeiro. He published a lot of books, articles and CDs also in Brazil and other countries, dealing with, among other subjects, music and politics, theory and methodology in ethnomusicology, as well as on models of participatory research. Hello, Samuel, Samuel Araujo. So glad to have you in the podcast with us. You've been following what SIM, the platform, the research platform is doing since, uh, since several years, helping to give support to research on practice uh, involving music in social work. And I would like to know how this is being developing in your region. And um, uh, I hear it is uh, practice, but also research in, in this field. Yes, first of all, Lucas, thank you very much for the invitation, for being here. It's a great pleasure to follow the accomplishments of the SIN platform in all these, these years. And uh, it is an honor uh, to, to be chatting here with you. As we share, I think, uh, many concerns regarding the power of music making to produce uh, effective social changes, positive social changes. And this has been uh, this sort of concern with the relationships between music and mitigating or overcoming uh, the huge social problems we have in, in, a, in, a, in a subcontinent like, like Latin America. A long-standing concern among researchers, uh, university researchers, among musicians uh, all over Latin America. I'm, uh, I'm taking your uh, invitation to speak in name of a region as uh, an invitation to speak about Latin America in, in particular. Yes. Even though yes, I have yes. an experience that transcends uh, this region. So uh, I, I will be, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to say, I will be able to interview also uh, some colleagues, some friends uh, from Colombia. That uh, Wonderful. Yes. This is another country I know relatively well. Uh, so, uh, this has been a concern, as I, as I was saying, for a long time. I mean, uh, since at least the 1960s, mm -hmm. there have been uh, several university professors, uh, performers and so on, who have collaborated in joint initiatives towards producing knowledge mm -hmm. on the power of music or the shortcomings too of mm -hmm. music mm -hmm. to accomplish certain social goals, positive social goals, in yeah. the sense of transformations, these scholars, these musicians, sometimes also public administrators felt were urgent 
in terms of uh, Latin American history. Mm. So many uh, social differences, economic differences, inequalities, and so on and so forth. So this question, how music can contribute or not to mm. mitigating or overcoming these problems, has been a long-standing concern yes. in this region as a whole. When we think of Latin America uh, in terms of uh, sim practice, uh, social impact of music projects, uh, we first, I think many people would first think, first think of the, the famous Sistema project in, in uh, Venezuela. Right. Uh, I know that... Um, that Sistema has been has inspired many many people outside of Venezuela to to start similar practice, uh, but adapted to the very diff different yes. different contexts. And uh, yes, uh, uh, as I was I was saying, this theme, for good or for worse, uh, has been a long-standing concern. So there have been some every once in a while. Uh, claims that uh, some sort of project, uh, music-related project, is producing positive effects and so on in some parts of Latin America. Some of uh, some of these are government-supported. Some of these are local initiatives. Some of these are local governments uh, trying to to intervene positively in in, in their realities and so on, but. Uh, this has been sort of uh, a tricky question, so, so to speak, in the sense in the sense that you can have positive uh, effects which are not accounted for, and some negative effects which are somehow uh, uh, clothed as they were positive impacts, you know. And so there is a long, a wide range of possibilities when you think... Can you give some examples? Yes, well, uh, uh, the El Sistema uh, uh, initiative, for instance. Uh, you can hardly imagine in a, in a continent like Latin America, uh, a program that starts with a neoliberal government, a governmental program that starts with a neoliberal government. Uh, the, the country goes through a radical change in terms of its politics, its local politics, and this program is maintained, you know, by a radically different uh, political perspective. Yes. I'm not Within, trying to, to judge, I mean, uh, either one of the perspectives yeah. and so on, but Mm -hmm. This is something uh, really unusual. I mean, it, it depends of, on, on several factors yes. of propaganda, or of having indicators, reliable indicators to, to point at. This has been uh, sort of raised by our colleague Geoff Geoffrey Baker uh, very adequately, I think. We had a very inter interesting period of positive uh, um, social, uh, uh, cultural policies between 2003 and 2016 in Brazil uh -huh. under progressive governments, successive progressive governments. And uh, your actual uh, government is a bit different. Huh? Right. <laughs> 
radically different, I would say, <laughs> oppositionally different. And uh, so, but uh, one uh, aspect of it, which was quite clear to everyone that somehow was following closely uh, the developments which were being put into practice at the time, was the lack of indicators, of reliable indicators, mm -hmm. you know. It's not always a, a product of a Machiavellic manipulation, mm -hmm. you know, of data or something like that. It's something that uh, stems from some kind of chronic uh, inability of ours, I, I would say from the left, from the right, from the center, mm -hmm. you know, uh, to deal with indicators, concrete indicators or reliable indicators that can point at when a policy is has actually succeeded or not, mm. you know. So this is something to consider because I think this is one of the, the main goals of the platform, of course. Mm. It is stated in the program of, of the SIM platform. Uh, working critically on indicators mm. and so on and so forth. And I think this is uh, really something urgently needed because what I feel generally, globally, not only in Latin America, is that the arts have been sort of fetishized in some ways, you know, to be presented as a tool for this mitigation and overcoming of uh, social inequalities, social problems, and so on. Mm -hmm. And uh, overall, I think that all these uh, these ideas, these positive ideas about the impact of the arts, yes. you know, should be uh, really put into test, you know, mm -hmm. under more uh, critical premises. Yes. I, I think this is something really needed. Yes. Right? So I think this is a great potential of a platform like SIM. Yes. Yes, we also see that more and more of the, the type of critical research that you now talk about is being developed uh, in, in many different countries. And right. the, the question I have about this is that uh, we think that uh, that it's really important that the research is be developed by by local researchers, local scholars, right. and we wonder also how how an international platform like Sim can help in developing these local capacities of research. And can we discuss this a little bit? Because uh, we see indeed local yes. uh, from Latin America. I know a few uh, fine uh, researchers developing research in the field of sim practice. We also see fr people like myself coming from the north and doing uh, the developing research in the south, uh, like I did in Congo, uh, and other people I, I know of from the UK going to Latin American countries developing research. And then, of course, uh, also people from the south going to the north like to the Guildhall School now uh, in London where you have a PhD uh, in uh, research on sim practice to look at Latin America as a place that could potentially uh, dwell upon or benefit from uh, cooperation with uh, let's say a, a Western European uh, uh, University or North American University 
is perhaps uh, 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 true for many uh, for many countries, but this is not the case of Brazil, for instance, that has a particular uh, uh, situation, I think. And the situation is that Brazil has uh, has had for a long time uh, a certain structure for uh, let's say research applied research which is a you know a, a strong area in the fields of ethnomusicology and music education mm -hmm. here in brazil uh, i i see the same happening in colombia but just to 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 explore a, a, a small but significant difference between the cases of brazil and colombia I've, I've been uh, uh, working, uh, I, I, I worked as an advisor to a, a program in Colombia that had, you know, that concern of producing local impact, working with local uh, institutions and local musicians and so on. Uh, it was a nationwide project in Colombia for eight years at least, from 2008 to 2016. But uh, with support from the Ministry of Culture, uh -huh. not from the Minister of Education, mm -hmm. right? Not from the Ministry of uh, Science and Technology, mm -hmm. you know, by uh, Cosciencias, the institution that leads with, you know, grants for research and so on. Uh -huh. And so here in Brazil, we have a different situation. I mean, we have support we had support when we had the Ministry of Culture from the Ministry of Culture, but our strongest support has been from the scientific uh, uh, development financing institutions, right? So we have research groups all over Brazil, even under this problematic government we have now that is cutting funds for universities and for research and so on. Uh, but still, we have uh, research groups all over Brazil, uh, a country with continental dimensions and so on, uh, working uh, uh, under that premise that uh, the main concern is how music and the arts can help to mitigate and to ameliorate problems which are historically uh, very dramatic in the country. So uh, in Brazil, most of this kind of research is done by, by Brazilians, financed by Brazilian agencies even today, uh -huh. you know, under these budget cuts, the persecution of the universities by uh, this extreme right-wing uh, government, our current government, federal government. But even so, these programs are continuing. You know, and so uh, we have this uh, sort of complex and uh, different situations uh, from country to country, from region to region, right? Yeah. You can find some specific situation in, in, in a place like uh, Puerto Rico that I, I know very well. This is considered uh, North America already but I still consider it Latin America, you know, and a, a quite different one in, in a place like Paraguay, perhaps uh -huh. more dependent on this kind of external co collaboration, 
you know. And so we will have to look deeper into these kinds of situations. I would like to address another aspect of your question, which is uh, how European and North American or Japanese institutions can benefit from, from collaborations, yes. you know, from the knowledge produced mm -hmm. in Latin America, in Africa, and Asia, and, and other places. And this has been happening, you know, as a, a participant of this kind of exchange, you know. Uh, this is a, a very interesting development, for, for instance, in the field of ethnomusicology. Applied ethnomusicology nowadays is led by people from what you, you could, you could uh, term sort of the third world, mm -hmm. you know, in the, the, the old terminology, you know. And so uh, the most interesting works, the most challenging mm -hmm. works in terms of that theory and mm -hmm. methods and, and so on, have come from these places. Yeah. Quite innovative, actually, uh, uh, research approaches and so on, and collaborations, development with musicians, with local communities and so on, developing uh, from uh, these perspectives that in principle would be considered perhaps sort of coming from a minor area yeah. of academia of the academic yeah. world you know and this has been very interesting for instance i would i would i would mention the work of silvia naninyonga tamususu uh -huh. in uganda uh -huh. she has done uh, an incredible work on how African music is received in, in Norway, for instance, you know, this is the kind of research, this, uh, these new collaborations, innovative collaborations in which now you have, uh, uh, let's say, a third world uh, uh, scholar going to, uh, you know, an industrialized area or country and so on and, and, and doing research there. Uh, Samuel, I, you know well what's going on in terms of research in your own country, uh, sim research in Brazil. What kind of social impact is or should especially be looked at, studied at this point? Yes, I, I see... Um, a very uh, uh, promising uh, scenery, a very promising, very promising scenario in Brazil. Uh, as I said, uh, for some time, at least 20 or 30 years, uh, this concern with the social impact of music, music making and so on, on society, on the concrete problems of communities and, and so on and so forth, has been uh, a major uh, posture in our academic uh, uh, work uh, around Brazil, in several parts of Brazil, from the Amazon to Rio Grande do Sul, in the, in the far south. And uh, so we have, a this is unusual too, we have a Brazilian Association for Ethnomusicology that uh -huh. meets regularly every two years 
And so this work has also some sort of platform, an academic platform to discuss uh, regularly. Because also applied ethnomusicology is of great interest in your country. I would yes? say that it's about 70% of what we do here, you know. Almost every project here, whatever university you pick, you know, uh, has this close collaborations going on with communities, with musicians, with archives, with uh, indigenous archives, archives in favelas. I myself mm -hmm. uh, 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 carry on uh, a research of that sort, you know, uh -huh. that has produced in the time frame of 20 years a local archive housed in a community, in a favela community, mm. you know, and right now we are, I mean, taking pains to take care of it during the pandemics because we are not able to go there. We, we have at least three regular meetings there since 2004, just for you to have an idea. And we have all the visual materials, we have recordings, we have uh, the articles we have produced, everything is there, you know. Uh, the general name under which is, is mostly well known in the literature, <laughs> too, is musicultura, music culture, yeah, something like that. And so, uh, all over Brazil, what I see is sort of a solid uh, uh, reality in terms of uh, the universities having these close ties with local communities, with local musicians. And uh, one project in particular uh, has uh, a more audacious approach to it, which is, this is a project called The Meeting of Knowledges, uh, led by a colleague, an anthropologist. He was a student of John Blacking uh, in the 1980s. Uh, José Jorge de Carvalho, the meeting of knowledges has this ambitious uh, goal and it has accomplished to, uh, uh, to a great extent of having local musicians and local communities teaching at universities and even receiving salaries commensurate to what an academic would earn, you know. So this is quite unusual, this is an accomplishment that uh, goes in the direction of producing concrete impacts on public policies, for instance, right? Because universities are sort of reviewing their, their hiring uh, uh, procedures, right? To hire uh, someone who is a master in a traditional instrument or in a traditional repertoire. We just had yesterday a meeting of the professors all over Brazil who integrate this project. I mean, these are universities spread across Brazil. And so this is a highly ambitious project, I mean, in which uh, these people spend one semester teaching, you know, a regular co course, you know, with credits being uh, uh, accumulated by the students who enroll in these disciplines and so on. 
And so these are examples of how a more structured work on music and social and the social impact yes. the, uh, on the social impact of music can contribute. I mean. How is the, the connection between people doing research and people developing practice? Is that often good? Is it sometimes problematic? Or uh, as we can see in, in, in different countries, uh, often practitioners, are, in fact, who start to do research themselves uh, and musicians who are... Right, right. How is that in, in yeah. Brazil? Well, I would say that we have sort of surpassed. We have... Uh, like gone beyond already uh -huh. those kinds of distinctions. You, you can, I mean, finance, for instance, a research project with money from scientific development, you know, and uh, include some sort of uh, performance component into uh -huh. your projects, you know. Yes. And so this is a, a quite a concrete effect of how applied ethnomusicology, applied work, applied research has really impacted, I mean, all uh, these scenarios, these academic scenarios, uh, moving ahead of the conventional uh, views of how an academic project sh should be configured. So, uh, if I understand well, the research activities are not at all being developed separate from uh, the realities of practitioners, and I mean, uh, and the interest of practitioners. So, in close collaboration with practitioners, and uh, not yes, at all, not even, at all. Yeah. And uh, these practitioners go to our academic meetings. Yeah. I mean, they participate in roundtables and so yeah. on, sort of highlighting the potentials of performance of the body and so on. Yeah, so that the research which is uh, meant to, to come to a better understanding of the practice also serves those who are developing the practice. Uh, right, precisely. If they, if, if they are different persons, yes. Oh. Mm. Right. How mind and body can contribute, I mean, to a better hum humanity, <laughs> basically. Oh, thank you so much, Samuel. Oh, thank you, Lucas. SIM is the initiative of scholars and practitioners from seven different countries and four different continents who felt the growing needs to find ways to bring together people interested in developing research on the possible role music can play in social and community music programs. Sound engineer and co-editor of this episode of the SIM podcast is musician Mariusz Radwanski. Please visit our website at simplatform.eu.